Episode 335. Me, Lee, and Jose are all on the advisory board for the automotive program at Career and Technology Center. We went there and scheduled a field trip. All 70 students came out in, in different times, and we split them up, and we took tours, and we talked to them. We, we didn't just talk to them about being a mechanic. We talked to them about a career, and we talked to them about you know the training involved and, and how we treat our team members and develop them. And we talked about business. We talked about what it took to start a business, what it takes for business to stay in business. That really got them engaged. Welcome, aftermarketers, to Remarkable Results Radio. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Welcome and glad to have you here as we continue an important discussion that is necessary in our ever-changing automotive aftermarket. Carm Capriato here with the Aftermarket's premier talk radio podcast. This episode provides a solution to growing our own technicians. Dwayne Myers from multi-shop organization Dynamic Automotive in Frederick, Maryland, shares his apprentice program for you. We also have the state of Maryland's Secretary of Labor, the Honorable Kelly Schultz, on the show, where she explains how the state of Maryland and Dynamic Automotive worked together on Dwayne's apprentice program and how she is using the influence of Maryland's Labor Department to embrace college training and apprentice programs for skilled trades. You'll be glad you listened because there are real solutions here that will help you grow your own talent. Thanks to Federal Mogul Motor Parts, they are the reason you enjoy these great aftermarket interviews. When you need innovation and quality, you need Federal Mogul Motor Parts, brands that you know and love. Moog, Felpro, Wagner Brake, Anco, Champion Seal Power, FP Diesel, and more. They're the parts text trust. Find out more, fmmotorparts.com. And thanks for the support of these brands. A few engagement tips for you. Join the podcast social network like Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Join the RRR podcast ecosystem and start with the free insider newsletter. Find all the links you're looking for at remarkableresults.biz slash social. And speaking of connecting, the network builds every week. I'm honored to have new Facebook friends Ricky Zio, Todd Hoffman, Ben Davis, Dennis McDane, and Bob Cornwell. And my latest LinkedIn connections, Joe Thomas, Jeremy Bordeaux, and Thomas Maimon. Welcome to the Premier Aftermarket Podcast Network. Find the show notes for this episode with Secretary Kelly Schultz and Dwayne Myers at remarkableresults.biz slash E335. The cliff notes, they're already done for you. And find the links to Dwayne's previous episodes there. We've done a good job covering the technician shortage and many remedies right here on the Aftermarket's Premier Podcast. You can find all episodes on this subject by clicking on the words technician shortage on the site's tech cloud. This episode is going to demonstrate how Dwayne Myers from Dynamic Automotive worked with and partnered with this state's Department of Labor and Secretary Kelly Schultz. Secretary Schultz explains the program and the positive outcomes it has been producing. Dwayne explains how he embraced the state's programs and integrated it into his training culture. This is so worth the listen because it will affirm your feelings that no one is going to beat a path to your door looking to your company for a career. You have to go after it and be willing to do some work to establish an apprenticeship program in your company. Here's one shop owner's story of how to do it in collaboration with your state's Department of Labor. Now here's Maryland's Secretary of the Department of Labor, Kelly Schultz, and shop owner and partner in Dynamic Automotive, Dwayne Myers. 
A warm welcome to Secretary Kelly Schultz from the state of Maryland. Madam Secretary, you lead the Department of Labor and Licensing and Regulation in the great state of Maryland. Welcome. Well, well, thank you very much for having me on. It's quite an honor to be here with you today. Well, thank you so much. we got some great things to talk about. And also with me is Dwayne Myers from Dynamic Automotive. No stranger to the podcast. Hi, Dwayne. Hi, Dwayne Carm. Hello, Madam Secretary. Hi, Dwayne. Dwayne came to me and says, hey, listen, Maryland's doing some incredible things with apprentices, and we got involved. And, you know, Dwayne, we've had you on the show talking about it before, and we felt getting into the grassroots of, you know, how it works, where the money comes from, and how you build programs would be so exciting for our listeners to uh, to learn about. So, Secretary Schultz, what's Maryland doing to build such an incredible apprentice program? We're doing everything that we were not doing three years ago. And I, and I think that it's really important to understand that, you know, we have to be able to build a program. We have to create a culture around apprenticeships and we have to develop the brand in which we want to be able to focus our workforce initiatives around the apprenticeship model. So we kind of turned everything upside down and said, what can we do that's going to be different than what we did before in order to create something Really, sorry, Dwayne, very dynamic. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but um, our first step was to really evaluate where the program was. And this is very bureaucratic and it's very government oriented. But the program itself was sitting in a division within our department that was focused on labor and industry issues. And that may have been suitable for um you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. But when we looked at where we wanted it to be in the future, we physically, by statute, through the legislative process, picked up the program and put it into our workforce development uh, division. And why is that important? It's important because we were able to capitalize on some federal funds within the workforce system and utilize workforce dollars to to bring in um, additional staff, to bring in additional talent, resources, and make sure that everybody knows that it is a part of the workforce toolkit. It is just one part of that kit that we can um, help to promote through that system. Was there a lot of talk inside the state and through the government channels that you're with that we needed to really focus on skilled labor and we needed to figure out how to grow that segment? Well, there was. And so I'll say, first of all, none of this could be possible without the leadership of Governor Hogan. He, from the very beginning of this administration, was very strong in his direction for our department to be able to satisfy the needs of all of the industries. And obviously, with economic growth comes an additional need of the skilled trades because of the construction, because of just you know where we stand within those types of industries. So our first focus was to be able to work with all of those parties, with the skilled trades to say, what are the needs and where do you need for us to be able to come in, to be able to assist you in what your ultimate goals are, which is, as we all know, economic growth, you know, advancement and being able to satisfy that industry. So how did you find Dwayne Myers? I think Dwayne found us. Yeah. I mean, what's so interesting is here we've got the secretary of of the Department of Labor, Licensing and Regulation in Maryland and Dwayne is shop owner. And there's a marriage here of uh, working together on the apprentice program. So, Dwayne, did you basically know about it? Did you go to a seminar? How did you end up meeting uh, Secretary Schultz? I've known of and met her many times over the years through all her public service, but what gravitated us together, this is we tried to create our own apprenticeship program about a year 
uh, before we got got with the state, and it wasn't going really well. We uh, found out it's a lot harder than you think it is. You know, although we we felt for years, you know, we've grown our own technicians, we've uh, developed them from high school to career and technology center up to uh, full fledged technicians after years of training, and we felt that we've already been doing it, but we needed to create some career tracks and, and put it down on paper. And it was harder than we thought. So I was at a workforce development board meeting and the secretary came in to talk about youth apprenticeship. And we uh, figured out that this was a great marriage that, that we could get together. And she said, ooh, ooh, do I have something for you? That's almost exactly what my words were. <laughs> it, it almost exactly, you know, it's funny because I will give Dwayne so much credit. So Dwayne is such a large part of the community overall in Frederick County. And so for him to be involved in the workforce system, like he was as a volunteer to be able to see what's happening, he put himself in the position to see what opportunities were available. So I think that is a model for all businesses to be able to emulate because if you're not at the table, you're not understanding what is there at the table in order to be able to take advantage of. Kelly, is it hard to do? I mean, I, I, I'm a I'm a businessman, specifically a shop owner in the great state of Maryland, and I and I want to jump on board. I mean, do I make a phone call? Do I send an email? You can do either. People can reach out to me, which they do all the time. And the unfortunate part, or I guess fortunate for those that are around the state of Maryland, they know me so well that I'll get Facebook messages. <laughs> I don't I don't recommend that because it's harder for me to keep track of it. But um, we do have an Office of Apprentice um, program here at the department, and it's completely visible on our website. And um, just sending in an email and saying, hey, I want to learn more about either youth apprenticeships or uh, registered apprenticeships as an adult um, after the pre-apprenticeship program. So I'm curious, uh, because that's just me, how do you govern a program like this? It's interesting. We're learning along the way. We knew that the first part was, like I said, to put in a, um, a leadership structure within our workforce development office. So we put um, our, our existing resources over there. Then the federal government came and did a wonderful um, thing, and they put out a grant proposal for states to apply for federal grants. And we said, okay, well, we believe that Maryland is going to be the leading innovator of all of the states in the nation. So uh, two years ago almost, we put in our grant application to the feds. They gave us $2.2 million plus a little bit more um, in another grant and said, start to build an innovative apprenticeship program. So we did. So with those additional federal funds, which is the first time ever that apprenticeships have had any additional funding coming into the program in the history of the state of Maryland, we've been able to look at regional navigators, right? So that's a new term for folks to understand the regional navigator is out there specifically in uh, various parts of the state to be able to assist them on what people think is a very heavily labor-intensive bureaucratic process, but we have narrowed it down, and maybe Dwayne can talk a little bit about that, as to the ease in being able to um, get the program started up. With the federal program, we also put together, we uh, put aside almost $700,000 of the funding that we got from the feds to give back to as grants to those businesses that want to start up a, um, a new apprenticeship program, because they may not have those resources available. So out of the 2.2, you're using some money to jumpstart, if you will, to get the businesses involved. Absolutely. It's going right back into our business partners. Excellent. 
So, Dwayne, regional navigator, is that who you had to work with to get it going? That's more of, I think, a a newer development that's made it a lot easier. Uh, I actually got a a phone call on a Saturday from from Chris, who runs the department, and we spoke for hours. It was kind of ironic. We both both served in the military. We both went to the same college. We both kind of had a similar uh, trajectory through our career, and, and we hit it off really well, but... I was blown away, you know, first to get a phone call on a Saturday and, and we talked and then from his home now, he wasn't even working. He was, at, he was working, but working from home. And then everyone I went through that department, they all were that way. And I, I told the secretary, I said, you know, it, a great example from your leadership. They, they really do you well. Uh, me and Chris started the talking. We worked our way through it. We started with a youth program, which is basically uh, high school uh we worked with the high school, the Career and Technology Center, to start a youth program, and it didn't take that long. It took about a month or two to get that up and running. Our registered program, which is basically the next step after high school, uh, which involves college and mentoring, uh, and that's a three-year program that we did. That took some time, and we had some hurdles to get through because uh, this is a newer program, but I think we learned a lot together, and, and we kept at it and working our way through. We, uh, I think, created a great program. I'm talking to Bud Houston, a technical product specialist with Federal Mogul Motor Parts. Do you actually put products in the hands of the technicians? Yes, absolutely. Anytime there's new product introduced, perhaps a new problem solver or a new technology, uh, we keep that stuff on the van just because uh, their local parts supplier may not have it available. And we think it's important to show them what's coming and then Seeing the part is really, especially with the new OEX, seeing the part and touching the part is something that that changes perspective rather than just a piece of paper with a picture of the part. Okay, so you put an OEX pad into the hand of a technician, and you've done this, I'm sure, hundreds of times. What do you see on their face when they see it? You can you can tell they get it. You know, in in, in our industry, there's technology that that we use all the time that you look at and you're like, that just doesn't make sense to me. I'm going to take your word that it works. You put an OEX brake pad in somebody's hand and I just ask the question, why does this look so weird? And they're like, I bet it's to make it cool. They get it as soon as you put it in their hand. So technicians holding your product and listening to your presentation, do you ever see the light bulbs go up? They raise their hand and says, boy, I've got a great idea for you. Oh yeah, absolutely. Not only does that happen, Every time I'm with a group of guys, I solicit ideas. I'm like, listen, a lot of the stuff that I've shared with you originated in a bay somewhere where the technician said, you know what, if you could do this, it would be really cool. And so the stuff that I get, I send up you know, uh, to our engineering team and say, hey, could we do something like this? And there's things in, in the works and there's some things that came out recently that, that originated in, hey, if you could do this, it would be helpful because at the end of the day, you know, I think Federal Mogul is known in, in every line to be a problem solver and not just solving a problem, but making an installation easier as well. Federal Mogul Motor Parks' Garage Gurus is your go-to source for the vehicle training, technology, and answers you need to keep your next job on track. On-site, online, or on-demand, the gurus are here to help keep your business and your career on the road to success. Visit fmgarageguru.com. <laughs> Secretary Schultz, when you when you look at the, the the program in aggregate, Maryland must be on a hunt to grow its infrastructure industry businesses. If not, you wouldn't have an interest in this, right? 
that's the primary goal is to be able to build up those ind industries. But we want to build up the industries that are on the trajectory for growth. Part of what we do at the Department of Labor is to understand what those industries are, where their growth is, where they're going to need additional talent and resources, human capital uh, for the future. And we need to determine where we're going to put our emphasis uh, to be able to make sure we can fulfill that. Were you surprised to find out of the technician shortage that our industry has? I was shocked when when Dwayne told me the difficulties that he had in just trying to hire somebody, maybe not even just from high school, just you know somebody outside of high school and an older individual. And then I start. I had heard initially about a shortage of diesel mechanics. That was a that was a big topic of conversation um, a couple of years ago. But to understand that the entire industry was having a difficult time finding mechanics in general, I had no idea that that was such a such a, a big topic, which is one of the benefits of this industry it specifically being a part of our workforce development boards, both locally and on the state level, because that's how we determine where we're going to help to initiate these types of programs. And not just in the apprenticeship process, but we have other grant programs like the Earn Maryland program, which is a, is a wonderful program to be able to help um, specific industry groups and business leaders to develop their own training program for immediate entry into a certain level. So, Kelly, why would someone want to be involved in the apprentice program? And my question is kind of a derivative of, is the state recruiting uh, people to join to be, to be apprenticed? Or are you looking for businesses to come in the program? All of the above. Okay. And because you can't have one without the other. You can't have an apprentice without a program and you can't have program sponsors if you don't have somebody that wants to go into that particular field. So what we're doing at the state level to be able to provide uh, um, assistance to the businesses and to the employees that are looking for a specific career pathway is to kind of help to make those connections. So I see us as a facilitator. We are not a recruiter. Um, we're not a jobs producer. That's up to you know the private industry to be able to make and create those jobs. But we're here to be able to facilitate what that relationship can be and to introduce the concept of apprentice to, um, to two stakeholders that are looking for the same thing. They just don't know that it exists. So if Dwayne finds an individual who he wants to bring in and grow his own, would he then make application into the program, uh, into the apprentice program with that person? Yes. Dwayne is a registered sponsor, so Dwayne can bring an apprentice into that and he can talk about his process. So, Dwayne, you're a registered sponsor. What did you have to do to qualify for that? For the registered program, uh, to be a sponsor, there, there's definitely some homework and you have some things you got to do uh, to qualify. And you got to come up with the program. They have a certain structure they give you. You make it work for you. And we, we decided with ours, ours is a three-year program. And the reason for three years is because, one, it takes a long time to, to get the hand skill needed, but also the college. Uh, we have uh, so many college credits, and between working full-time and going to college, you can't jam it all in at one time. So we made ours a three-year program. We chose two colleges that we partnered up with uh, so that they could go get education from there, and these are credited classes. That way, later on, if they want to go back, they can get their degree. And uh, they have got to work at least 2,000 hours a year uh, for the, in those three years. 
and they have to do at least 144 hours of education a year, which isn't much. Uh, we, we exceed that by far. We're doing about four classes a year with them. That's, that's a full-time job, 2,000 hours. It, it is. It, it's a full-time and job. And school. Yeah, it's a commitment. A registered uh, apprenticeship is typically a full-time job. So typically mm-hmm. you're working full-time and then you're getting academic training in addition to that. And, and this is how the program is designed, right, Kelly? Yes, sir. So Dwayne has somewhat of a, a typical, it's a time-based apprenticeship, um, which, is, which is more of a traditional model. There are other apprenticeship models that we, um, we've just expanded into that are called competency-based regi- uh, apprenticeships. And what that does is it allows the, um, the sponsor and the apprentice to determine where they are in their success in gaining certain competencies. So it could be they could get all of their competencies that are based on a certification or where they need to be in order to expand their skill set. In a year, a year and a half, two years, it would depend on where they were in that in, in that realm. But what Dwayne has is somewhat of a of a typical apprenticeship where it is based on a certain amount of time with a certain number of credits and a certain amount of going away. But your other question was why would why would anyone want to become an apprentice? And there's obvious advantages to being a business owner because you're, you're training your own employee, you're, reta- you're retaining them, you're building loyalty, and you're getting exactly the skilled product that you want to have from a future employee. With an apprentice, somebody would want to go into an apprentice model because it's different than a four-year um, education, right? You're getting a certain amount of skills, but you're not paying to get those skills. You're not paying a four-year for a four-year degree or a two-year degree in some cases. And you're getting on-the-job training. And then here's the key factor, and this is a difference between an apprenticeship and an internship most of the time, is you're getting paid. And you're getting paid, and your pay is gradually increasing over the course of the time of your internship. So as you complete your first year or as you complete the first two you know, competencies, your pay is increasing along with the amount of skills that you're achieving. So earning while you're learning, maybe discovering uh, a dream job you never knew uh, you loved. And I think that's what's important about the youth apprenticeship program that we have for those kids that are um, in school um, in either a junior or senior year in high school is they have the ability and the flexibility while they're in high school to determine if even the environment that they would think that they would want to go to is an environment that they would want to be able to explore a career in. And I think a good example of that is uh, Frederick Memorial Hospital is a major sponsor for us for our youth apprenticeship program. They have determined 30 occupations within their hospital environment for students to become apprentices, youth apprentices within these programs, everything from dietary technician to um, a pharmacy assistant to medical coding to um, a laboratory assistant. So there's so many different types of occupations within the hospital environment. But a student has to know if they want to go into the healthcare business that they're comfortable being in an environment that is centered around healthcare. It's not your typical work environment. Do you see people start and maybe not make it after six months because they realize it wasn't for them? Uh, we have not seen really any of the youth apprentices drop out of the program. Um, we've had some amazing success stories. 
I would say as we expand the program statewide, there certainly is that possibility, just like somebody would switch a career pathway in high school to move into a different path. But I think that that's the, the positive side of the flexibility of doing this while they are young to be able to explore. Not everybody knows what they want to do for the rest of their life. This is giving them an option to be able to have that experience. I love where this is going. Dwayne, an incentive for you at all on a monetary basis from the state? The, the program itself, we pay for it up front. But they, the state does have, through Maryland Business Works, uh, reimbursement for the training for, for the college classes, which is a big help. I, I went, one of the, the things that I think I, I helped uh, figure out uh, talking with Chris is instead of paying out a county rates, because I'm in Frederick County, the colleges are either Montgomery or Baltimore. I went down and had talks with them and signed agreements, and I got in-county tuition rates, which saved me money, and it saves the state money, too, because I get basically half back. Once they complete the course, they get half back. And part of our program is if you stay with me after you finished the class for one year, it's free. They get free education. They, they get, you know, mentor-wise, they get free. They get paid while they're here working. And, and the time they're spending at, at school comes at no cost to them except their time. So this is really a structure, Kelly. You're, you're giving uh, the framework a, a document to these businesses and says, listen, here's the framework. This is what we want you to do. We're not, we're not paying you to bring in these, uh, uh, these apprentices, but we want to show you how to get, get success from it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's where we have the most benefit and what we can do as uh, a government entity. We're not here to um, tell a business how to run their business. And we're certainly not here to tell a future employee how they have to become a future employee. But we're providing some additional resources that's going to be an assistance to them during this process with the hopes of being able to build an entire pool of talent in specific industries so that employers have those options, so that employees have those options. Um, We obviously have an aging workforce, and in many industries, that's a problem. How do we bring in a younger generation and and show them what the opportunities are? For so long, when uh, actually it's still occurring now, when we're trying to change this way of looking at our younger generations that are coming through the school systems right now, how to develop a mindset with all of them, whether it be the schools, the guidance counselors, the parents, uh, the students themselves, in different avenues other than just going to college. And getting people to understand that there is, you know, great money, there's great careers, there's wonderful advancement, there's entrepreneurial opportunities in all of these different areas um, and different industries that people have been pushed away from in many cases for so long, as opposed to providing the opportunity to explore what they look like. It's great to hear, Dwayne, that you're doing this. And Kelly, I'm not sure if you know this, but uh, our average age of our technician in our industry is, is up there. And they're getting tired and, you know, they've been under cars, you know, and and back problems. And, you know, we're always worried that we're going to have a mass exited someday and and who knows to do what. But this is exciting to see a program going on like this because it it almost reminds me of almost planned succession, Dwayne, where you know you have to, you know, feed the bottom because, you you know, you see the vision of, of, of what the future holds if you don't start. The uh, other day I was talking apprentice to the local community college 
And I got to thinking about it. All of my technicians are millennials. We, pr- we promoted all of our senior technicians to run locations. Talk about an opportunity, huh? I couldn't believe it. I sat there and went through my list. I'm like, they're all millennials. I'm like, that's great. I, I was really happy about that. Good for and you. I, well, I think with a millennial, you know, they've been stereotyped so bad. I've learned a lot over the years. And I talked about a, a career path. And, and what's so important is they really want to know how much they're going to make, when they're going to make it, what classes they're going to go to every, every year, where, where they're going to go in their ladder. And when they're done, where are they going to be at? If you give them that, I think they get more engaged and, and they become, you know, they become what we're used to, what we were, where we figured that, you know, we were engaged and we were in it no matter what. I look at it now. I wish I had a career path 30 years ago. You know, what was I going to be doing? Uh, we never had that. So now that we're doing it, I really see the benefit of it. It's something that we learned and apprenticeship programs help you create that. They gave us an outline. And at first when they said, all right, you need to tell me when they're going to get these raises and all this. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. And then that more I did, once I did it, I'm like, wow, this, this is great. This works. Yeah, there's a, there's a little bit of structure there. And I just want to say, too, that because of Dwayne's commitment and succession planning and his talking to the students and his talking to the um, community colleges, this program cannot be successful without direct input from businesses themselves being a part of that recruitment process and to be able to specifically um, kind of connect with the students. And I think what we have seen in the first year of our youth apprenticeship program, specifically with Frederick and Washington counties, was that the schools are there to educate. The schools are not there to be career counselors. So um, working together with the Maryland State Department of Education, the Department of Labor has decided, you know what, there is a role for us. There's a very important role for us in order for us to be able to bring those business entities in. Because without those business entities being the driving factor of what the students want to do, then we don't have a specific program. And the businesses have to drive that um, interest. Yeah, they have to. Hey, I know your time is precious. I know we have a very few minutes. Give us a great success story from the program. Oh, well, I could give Dwayne success stories, but uh, he has, he's already kind of talked about his success stories. I'll, I'll talk about um, a young woman um, from a youth apprenticeship program. She was in the first year um, in Frederick County, and she was our only female, actually, between the two counties in our first year. And um, she was hired by a manufacturing company in in Frederick and not knowing anything about manufacturing because it's a STEM-based um, program. They uh, put her in charge of kind of doing out some bids. And so she would go and she would evaluate different jobs and she would submit her own bids. The first job that she bid for her company to um, produce this, this product, she won it on behalf of the company. And she continued to win these bids for the company. And on her graduation, we were at the uh, certificate ceremony um, a year ago this month, actually, providing her with the year-end certificates. Her employer, that company, talked you know wonderful, great things about her, how she's been a great asset. She was having to relocate uh, with her family to another state, um, actually West Virginia. And the company owner said to her at her certification ceremony, you know what, you are so valuable to this company. We're going to talk to you about running an expanded part of our business in West Virginia. 
So they now have a valuable employee that they feel so strongly about that can help them open up another business. And that is an 18-year-old young woman that had no idea what she was going to be doing. I love that part of the story because uh, when I was young, uh, I had met a woman who was 18 years old running and managing a shoe store. And I was at that young, crazy age, and I kept saying, you're the manager of the shoe store? And it really hit me. You can become anything you, anybody you want to be at any age you want to be if you put it together and, and, and you make the commitment. And I love... And you, you have know, good mentors. Yeah, yes. I, I love to hear that story because this young woman is on her way to be an incredible leader. Yeah. And, and it's, it's as much about the mentorship and kind of that overseeing of, of those owners of that business group that helped to develop her too and to give her the strength um, and the room to be able to grow and to kind of learn. But it, it is such an amazing story. We have many stories like that on our website. I just want to say real quickly, it's mdapprenticeship.com md as in maryland apprenticeship.com and we have success stories and videos on there that i think some people would really appreciate seeing it kind of gives a full scope to the picture thank you so much secretary kelly schultz from the state of maryland I'm, we're going to let you go here in, in a moment and i'm going to hang out with Dwayne because we, we want to talk a little bit more in detail about the the actual you know how he has done some of this inside of his business from the department of labor and licensing and regulation from the state of maryland Wow. Excited for you. Great stuff. Thanks for doing this. And uh, we sure appreciate you being on the show. Great. Thank you for having me. Anytime. I'm All happy right. to come back. We'll do it again. Perfect. Okay, Thanks. Kelly. Thank you. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So, Dwayne, now that we let the secretary go, and she was great, and I'm so glad we brought her on, and thank you for hooking us up. What uh, did you have to do to get started? Was there a process in, you know, A before B? The state made that really easy with when Chris contacted me from the Department of Labor. He laid out all the different programs. Uh, they sent a, a couple of people came out to the shop. We, we sat down and actually went went through them, decided which ones we wanted to start. And they actually guided me. You know, I had to do the work, but they guided me through the programs and, and helped me out because each program goes in front of a board uh, to make sure that it, it fits the criteria and it helps the apprentice. And all of this is about getting the money for the educational piece. That's part of it. Okay. Uh, it's not, it, it's not definitely not all of it. Uh, that, that was a nice caveat, a, a, a nice thing on, on, uh, to add to it, uh, to get the money back from, from the training. But really their biggest thing is the structure of the program. That is what really helped it. The structure. Helped me. Yeah. They, it gave me structure and, and guidance and I took their template and helped to design our program. And, of course, they have two of them we do. We do the youth program and the registered program. I'd love to know about both. Yeah, the, the youth program, like I said, is, is more about high school. Uh, we have two youth apprentices. Uh, they both go to, to CTC. And while we were creating these programs, I went around the company. You know, we have 35 team members, and I asked them about their – I wanted their input. You know, what do you think about this? What, what should we have in it? And they were all excited and word spread. I had people saying, hey, I want on this. You know, some young young minds were like, hey, I want to become a, an apprentice. I was like, all right, well, let's let me get your input. And we put it into uh, to our program. That's how why we have two colleges. You know, 
one of them wanted to go to one school and another wanted to go to another. And I'm like, well, why don't we just do both? You know, we can make this work. Once we got going, like I said, I just had some paperwork. The youth apprenticeship is pretty much a boilerplate stamp. It's the state's program. You got to do 450 hours of, of, of work learning. Uh, we give them a, a list of items they're going to learn. And I think it's up to 14 months the program can last. It can be less as long as they get the number of hours in. And what that does is that really tests the water. They, they find out, do I like this career? The reason that you're going after this is you're a big company, 35 employees. You've got the Lube Center, right? You have a car wash. You're really looking to bring those entry-level students in to work in those positions? Both. In the youth, actually, we have one youth working over at Newmarket in the shop. Oh, great. I have one, I have one youth here in the Quick Lube. Uh, but what we also mixed up with our registered program is we're putting to both departments. We're actually having them work in the shop two days a week. Then they're working in the quick loop two days a week. And I feel that they're bringing knowledge they're learning from the shop to the quick loop and they're passing it along to other people on the team. So it's a win-win. I think we're doing a better job uh, with, with our inspections, taking care of our customers because there's knowledge there. Mm-hmm. And and the best thing we can ever do is share our knowledge. Smart and move. that's what they're doing. Smart, smart move. It's really helped the business. Uh, it, it's it's definitely made a positive impact uh, just in our culture, which you already know, you know we've had a pretty strong culture, but right. I think it's even better. You know, our morale is high. You know, our customers are happy. Uh, it's, it's a win all over. Registered. You mentioned youth and registered, and the registered is, as you say, a little bit more. Um, is it? It's not more complicated to get involved in it, but there's more paperwork. You, you have some work to do. There's more paperwork. You got to decide what kind of program you want to have. You know, like I said, you got to figure out what the pay structure is, what the what the classes are, school wise, where they're going to go. But they walk you through it. You know. Youth took about two months. Registered took about four to five months. But when you say classes, I mean, you as a professional are picking the classes that you know at the community college, right, that you want them to take. Yeah, I sat down with the college and and we got together and actually they picked the classes and I ended up agreeing. And what it is is that the classes gives them certifications and certificates that they want. You're building and creating structure. Yes, and that's what millennials, I think millennials love that. Yeah, they, they absolutely do. And, you know, and by the way, I want to encourage everyone to go on the website or scan your, uh, your listening app for the episode with Bill Haas as he talked about millennials. It is an incredibly great episode. Bill talks about all the great qualities of millennials and, and how to, you know, bring them inside the company and, and, ha- and get them to contribute and have a fruitful cl- career with you. A great episode. My question that, you know, so many shop owners are out there uh, wondering, wh- why do all this? That's easy. I am full. I have no openings at the moment. Uh, for years, especially in our quick loop, we had a hard time filling. You know, you have different levels of technicians. You can't have all master superstars. You know, you, you have to have a good mix. And we had a hard time, especially in the quick loop, filling all the positions. And when we started our apprenticeship program, we went, you know, me, Lee, and Jose are all on the advisory board for the automotive program at Career and Technology Center. We went there and scheduled a field trip. All 70 students came out in, di- in different times and we split them up and we took tours of our shop in Urbana with the quick lube 
with the repair shop, uh, with the car wash, and we talked to them. We, we didn't just talk to them about being a mechanic. We talked to them about uh, a career, and we talked to them about you know the training involved and, and how we treat our team members and develop them. And we talked about business. We talked about what it took to start a business, what it takes for business to stay in business. That really got them engaged. And, you know, within a week, we had six applications, you know, and we were struggling before that. And once they got involved and found out what it was like to be in this great industry, to be a part of it, they wanted in. And I think they just needed some guidance and needed somebody to show them. And once we did that, you know, it, we've, we filled up. And it wasn't uh, about two months ago, we had a young man. Uh, he wasn't in the program, but he decided that automotive wasn't for him. I had four people wanted his job. When's that happen? You know, it hadn't happened forever. And I, I give a lot of credit to the apprenticeship program. I love it. We talk, grow your own, grow your own, grow your own. And you did something about it. We've talked with other shop owners and even in some of our advisory boards for some of the automotive programs. And they're worried. They're like, well, you're paying for their college. What if they leave? And I'm like, well, they could leave. You know what? That that is seriously an overdone excuse, and, and that just that just needs to go away. We are in a perpetual twenty four hour learning curve in our industry with tech and and everything that it takes to run a great business. And and if you don't train and they stay, we have to draw a line in the sand and say, stop saying it, stop hearing it. My answer to them is when their first question to me is, "What if they leave?" and I says, "Well, what is it at your place is going to make them leave?" You know, I would look inside your own operation and find out why is it they want to jump ship or why are you so worried? Will I lose a few of them? It, it's going to happen. You know what? But they're going to go into the industry, which raise, you know, raising tides, raise all boats. I, I see that happening. I expect some loss. Uh, luckily so far we haven't had any, but it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. I, I know it will, it will. Yeah. but our, our goal is to build them up and we're going to feed our locations. You know, we're set for growth as a company because our, our talent pipeline is full and we're pushing it and, and we're going to keep filling it and we hope it to grow and get bigger. Yeah, get another store and you've got the infrastructure inside that is that is going to fuel that and then you, you start apprenticing all over again and if not you start you start apprenticing you know a year before you know the next sh shop. At worst case one of our registered technicians goes through the program after three years and he's done and we don't have a place for him. You know, I, I anticipate having it, but if I don't, you know what? I got a phone full of friends with shops that I can call and, and, and send them a, a good team member. You know, that's not what I want to happen, but I would do that. Yeah. I, I love your answer before to, to a person who would say, what if I train them and they leave? Uh, it, was a, it was a great question, by the way. So what makes you think that they would want to leave? What are you doing to keep them? It's it's perfect. Great answer. Thank you. So you say it took, you know, a couple of months to do the youth program, maybe four to five months to, to build the registered program. Do you, you see any kind of ROI on this of late that you'd say, hey, uh, we're glad we did this and we will continue? We're definitely going to continue. What it's done is, like I said, it's filled up our pipeline. Yeah, yeah. We, we have plenty of young talent. Uh, to go around to, to help us. What surprised me is when we did this, we were the first in the state of Maryland to have a youth program where we take them brand new, zero knowledge, that went into a registered program, which has the college, 
And then after that, you know, we, we continually educate, you know, we've sent them all over the country to different training always. And, and I feel training is number one retention tool, one of the best retention tools there is invest in your team. They stick with you. You know, it is a team. And, and for that to happen, you have to invest in them. Did everyone hear that? <laughs> I, I won't ask you to repeat it, but <laughs> extremely important. I saw you holding up a postcard, and I know you want to talk about it. It, it looks excellent. What do you use it for? Talking points and information. Uh, I found through some of the events that uh, we have gone to, we would get 20 or 30 students come up to us and, and want to know about our program and start uh, talking about, you know, all the youth program, the register program, what's involved in this one, that one, they would walk away confused with a little bit of information, which is probably wrong. So what we did was we created a postcard. One side has the youth apprenticeship, which has their website. It talks about what the state has set up as guidelines, uh, reasons for uh, an apprenticeship to come on board and our partners, Florida County Public Schools, Career and Technology Center, and, and the State Department of Labor. You know, they're on there. And then if you flip it over, the other side had our registered program, which has the state's website for that. It gives the state's guidelines. And then a big part of it is our program. Uh, what dynamic has put together for the apprentice to create them a career path? And then it talks about uh, Montgomery College and, and the community colleges of Baltimore County that we've teamed up with for the formal education. Well, what a great piece. I mean, you bring clarity to the discussion that you're having by walking away. And there's there's the, the talking points. I mean, there they are. There's everything you ever wanted to possibly know about you and your apprentice program. It's actually the state's program, but your logo's on there. It's yours. I'd say it's our program. <laughs> yeah. and, and I think the state would be happy to say that. And the best thing about this postcard is they can take this home with them. And they can look at it the next day. It's fresh in their mind. They can show their parents, you know, because, you know, that's a big fight for us is getting parents uh, to open their minds about the automotive repair industry. And I think this helps, especially in highlighted in red is free education. You know, it, it's it's highlighted right there in red. It, it pops out on the page. And I think when parents see that, they're going to at least take the time to listen and look, you know, and, and that that I think is starting us in the right direction of getting the these young, talented people in our industry and fixing the shortage we have. Thank you so much for being here and bringing us this topic. And then in this conclusion of, of how you are strategically using it inside of Dynamic Automotive, I, uh, to me, that uh, that postcard and, and your passion is the bow around this incredible package. Um, well, thanks for being my friend and being back here with us, Dwayne. Oh, it, it's my pleasure, Carmen. I, I appreciate it. Uh, your friendship as well. And I'm glad that we could work together with the secretary to spread the word about apprenticeship. Uh, I believe, I think a, a line they use a lot and I've hooked onto it because I think it, it's meaningful is, you know, apprenticeship's not about a job. It's about building a career. It, and I think that is meaningful right there. Great way to end it. Thanks, man. Thanks a lot, Carl. Many thanks to the state of Maryland's secretary of the Department of Labor, Kelly Schultz and Dwayne Myers, shop owner and partner in Dynamic Automotive in Frederick, Maryland. I know Dwayne would be more than happy to help you on your journey. Just contact me and I'll put you in touch with Dwayne. Reach me at CARM at RemarkableResults.biz. The talking points for this episode, well, you can find them at RemarkableResults.biz slash E335. Glad to have you on this learning journey. Don't forget to share this with your 20 group and discuss this at your next meeting. 
We know the importance of growing your own technicians, and let this episode be your inspiration to start. Don't forget, get involved with your local automotive college or high school advisory boards in your community. Thanks for being here. We'll talk soon. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time... 